0: All right, I am, you know what, I'm going to read out of Galatians 5, verse 1. Are you ready for this? All right, church. It was for freedom, freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing, keep doing it, keep living in that freedom. And, uh, man, this gets me excited. Uh, Right, thinking about, you know, um, how, what we're doing here, right? Gathering together, worshiping the Lord, and then getting basically what we need to be able to go out and do that. Well, this week, I got my hair done, whether or not you can tell it or not, but... (laughs) I got my hair done, and I just started going to the scale and i 'm sitting there. this is the second time that I met up with her and even at the first time that i 'm interacting with her masks on and the whole deal uh, it's we 're talking and you know usually i don 't know if all you guys know this, but when girls go to get their hair done. It's like their time to vent and their time to talk and to tell about what's going on in their lives. Well, this ended up being like the reverse where she's telling me about what's going on in her life. And I have this moment where, you know, when you have almost like this Holy Spirit, like your eyes open because you realize what's going on and you're like, Lord, you you did this, meaning I'm supposed to connect with her and love on her and you want to do something here. And so this... Last time, it was me realizing, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And with this particular girl, uh, she's going through grief in her life. You know, she's going through grief in her life, and she's saying a lot of different things. And I just got to be able to speak into uh, what God is actually already doing in her life, to be honest, and to speak life. And, you know, it's so cool. You know, this freedom that we have, God wants everyone to have it, right? right? And so th- just knowing that once we leave here, that's what we get to keep doing is just being able to love on people and whatever God wants to do in their life to be encouraging that. So praise the Lord. It's, um, we we shouldn't be surprised when that's happening, right? Yeah. Amen. So, uh, church, yeah, stand with me. We're going to worship our Lord, which praise the Lord. We're going to have opportunity to do tonight to do as well in prescott six to eight and and you'll hear more about that but i'm just excited about how we are ah, praise the lord able to worship our heavenly father because he's worthy so so worthy thank you father thank you jesus i thank you for this morning father and i thank you for that freedom lord i thank you for giving us a revelation of that freedom of what you purpose it to be lord that life to the full and so, Father, we give you this time to magnify your name, to worship you, to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. You're so worthy. In Jesus, Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we do stand in awe of you. You are an awesome God. You are the only one who is worthy of our praise and our honor and our glory. And Father God, we do thank you that you have made us worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we do thank you for that. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to receive communion here. In 1 Corinthians 11:23 23 through 26, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. They were celebrating Passover on the evening when Jesus said these words. Jesus fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies Of the Savior and what he was going to do and how he would deliver his people and one of those prophecies is the blood during the Seder meal they would kill a lamb They wouldn't break any of its bones they would kill a lamb without blemish without stain and the lamb's blood was applied on the first Passover to the doorposts to the top and on the signs in a symbol size and a symbol symbol of the cross which was to come hundreds of years later and the jews were commanded to commemorate this year after year in preparation for the savior that would come and permanently the sin of the world permanently save us and so as we remember today the sacrifice that jesus came he broke his body for us he gave everything that he had and he gave his blood over To remove our sins to provide for our healing our restoration with our relationship with God with each other and he did that willingly and so as we remember that today let's take the the body and the blood symbolically of Jesus and apply it to our life just a reminder that there are two cups in each in in each slot in the in the tray please take both of them the, the juice is on top, the bread is on the bottom. So as you commemorate communion, please take both of those. Father God, we do thank you. We, do, we are in awe of your sacrifice for us. We thank you that through the body and the blood of Jesus, we have eternal life. Not just in heaven, but now. We have every one of your promises, and we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that you've given that to us freely to accept. We receive that now in Jesus' name. Amen. I am
2: free, amen. Amen. Are you free? It seems to be a theme again this Sunday. Thank You worship team, it was wonderful. Praise God! Thanks for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Brian, for leading communion. Hallelujah! I'm to the point where I can almost just watch online with you guys. You know, I just you know, that's awesome, that's the way it should be. All right, body of Christ, being the body of Christ, amen. Amen. So, where's, where's Rebecca? Does she leave? She's she, working with the kids. Because I was going to ask her if she actually watched the sermon last week, because she started out with the verse I used last week, and now they're singing about freedom. It's like, wow, I'm getting all pumped up again. So Deb's not going to be here. She's in another room right now, so I could be safe. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going there this week. Don't need to, right? Said it all last week. Got it all sorted out last week. We are free, Amen. I mean, not just because we're Americans. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in Christ, you are free. You're free. Why? Not, not because of, of the surroundings, not because of, of uh, the, the legal system, not because of the government, not because of anything. You're free because Jesus set you free. And, he, and it's for freedom that he has set you free. He's, he's, he set you free. He did what He did to give you freedom to live your life fully for Him. All the way, completely, totally for Him. To just give your whole life into His service. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Man, if you, you know, listen to the words of all those songs... That's what That's this morning, that's what that the Holy Spirit is already saying is, is that we are free to live our lives to the fullest. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. Now comes the big question. Now comes the real question. The real question is, what are you going to do with your freedom? What are you going to do with your freedom? Not... Not what are we going to do, not what are they going to do, not our, you know, none of those things. It's what are you going to do with your freedom? Turn to, turn to somebody and say, what, what are you going to do with your freedom today? Wow, that just sounded pathetic. Let's try that again. Be a little convinced, like, hey, what are you going to do with your freedom Turn with me to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. Before we begin, I just want to make sure: Is everybody stocked up on toilet paper? Y'all stocked up? You got enough to share? Because yes. you're going to need some again. Blessed be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Everybody stocked up on rice. Everybody stocked up on all the batteries. All the you know. You never know. You just never know. If you're, uh, yeah, no, shh, shh. We are not ending up on 60 Minutes, man. We are just not doing it. For anybody who's new here today, relax. That's not coming from here, okay? It's just, there are radicals among us, you know? Just... Wow, just wow. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to deal with this head on, Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And if you've been there for a while, you already know where I'm headed with this. Jesus is speaking as the Sermon on the Mount recorded in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 20. Well, it's all the way through Matthew 6, but I want to start with verse 25. It says, There, he said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink. Or about what you'll wipe, no, never mind, well, that's not in there. <laughs> Nor about your body, what you will put on. It's, if is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Now you really have to ask yourself, did he really mean that or is this a metaphorical saying? No, he really meant it. This, this life is more than, than just food. You know, he talked about the sparrows. The sparrows don't work. They just, they just go and they find food. God provides food for them. Well, yeah, but wait a second. You know, we're America's. We need to work for, you know, you need to do something. Well, of course you do. But you can work all week long and still get nothing. Right? You can, you can toil all week long. You can put your hand to the plow. You can go to the factory. You can, you, can, you, can, uh, you know, make all kinds of money and put it in the stock market and it could be gone. <gasps> I won't finish that sentence. Makes people twitch. It is Him. He, God, is the one who gives us the ability to produce wealth. It's Him. But we, yes, yes we do our part. But you could work all day long and get nothing. You could, so, you know, the, we were, I was in a conversation with somebody this week, and, and, and we were talking about farmers. You know, we were talking about risk. We were talking about life is risk. You know, and farmers plant a seed in May. And they harvest that seed in the fall. You know, we're, we're driving around now and you see them harvesting corn. One of the last things they usually harvest out. Man, a lot can happen between May and September. <laughs> yeah. yes. May and October. You know, there's a lot. I mean, a storm. You could, be, you could have a perfect crop and then a hailstorm come through in September and wipe it all out. What keeps that from happening? Whew. Dumb luck, man. Dumb luck. No, it's not dumb luck. God is the one who gives us the, the ability to produce wealth. Man, I've, I've, I grew up in southern Minnesota. I grew up, my, my, where I lived was surrounded by fields. I was the ultimate hick. Man, I it just, you, you'd, you'd walk outside and when they were harvesting, I, I talked about this a few years ago, you could smell potatoes and onions and things in the air because they're harvesting them. You know, surrounded. I've seen fields be wiped out by by storms or by drought or whatever. I've seen you know that kind of devastation. I've seen the whole cornfields laid flat after a straight line wind. That's, that happens. But I've also seen a field that was completely laid flat that they harvested anyway and got a full crop. Why? Are you not of more value than they? This isn't just a nice Bible verse. A nice, you know, this isn't the one you just put on the... This is like, this is what it holds on to. This is what all of this, this is where it really works. It's where the rubber meets the road. Because, you know, we're living in a time that is so stinking uncertain. From one minute to the next, one day to the next that it literally can just eat you up inside. But you have to make some choices. You choose who to believe. You choose who to trust. You choose, and uh, on the very top of your list, the number one person, the number one thing you should trust is the Lord God Almighty. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. doesn't matter what happens this week. It really doesn't. I mean, it's important, yeah. So is getting up in the morning putting on clothes. Just do it, okay? Just just live it. Tuesday's going to come and Tuesday's going to go. And I guarantee you, the sun is going to come up on Wednesday. And it doesn't matter who wins it's still going to come up and it's still going to be bright and you're still going to have to ask the same question we started out with is what are you going to do with your freedom well what if what if the other whoever other is well just other what if the other and we're lose freedom no that's not where it comes from is it i mean we know people in belarus they live in a dictatorship they're free when they worship my goodness they're free We know people who live in poverty, abject poverty. I mean, I'm not even talking about American poverty. I'm talking about third world poverty. They live in mud huts in weather like this. And when they worship, they're free. It isn't about stuff. It's not about governments. It's not about who says you can do X, Y, Z. It's about who has given you life and who's given it more abundantly. We've got to get the perspective We've got to have the perspective, the right perspective, that this is not about the circumstances around us. It's about who's in us and how you put your trust in him. Because it isn't just politics. It isn't just uh, financial, the financial world. It's the physical world. You have no idea what's going to happen this week. You know, the world would say, you know, hey, you just you never know. Thursday. You could be walking down the road and get hit by a truck. Well, you could. Or you put your trust in the Him who protects. Him who gives you life. You have no idea what's going to happen this week. But I know somebody who does. So we don't have to be anxious about tomorrow. No, I'll just be honest. I you know I have to. I have to be honest. I have to be forthright. I have to because they don't want to just stand up here and go, oh, I've got this all figured out. You should be just like me. No, hey, I you know, I get anxious. I've gotten anxious this week. I've gotten anxious in the last twenty four hours. Why do you think I'm preaching this sermon? <laughs> I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me, I'm preaching myself happy here. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Put your hope in God. Amen. Put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in the things. Don't put your hope in the stuff. Don't put your hope in Walmart that the toilet paper is going to be there when you get there. Oh, Walmart, supply all my needs. We should get royalties, anything that they make this week. A little added. Verse 28. Or verse 27. I don't think I went to 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? You know, the doctor comes in and says, you have an incurable disease. You will live as long as you live. Sitting and worrying about that? Sitting and worrying about that diagnosis doesn't change a thing. It actually, they've shown medically, it actually speeds up worry, anxiety, fear. The moment you hear something like that, what should you do? Put your trust in God. Put your hope in Him. Start speaking the word over you. I will live and I will not die. And I will declare the glory of God, the the loving kindness of God. I will not die one second before he says it's time for me to be done. When he's done, with me, when he's done I'm done. And, and I already know what his word says because his word says, with long life I will satisfy you. That's what the word says. I'm not making stuff up here. I just know what the word says. I know what the promises are. And those promises say that with long life he will satisfy me. Well, I'm not satisfied yet. There's stuff I need to do yet. There's things I need to be a part of. There's, things, there's people's lives I need to touch. There's people's lives that I need to, to speak into. I'm not done. And you can make that same confession, confession for yourself. No matter what the statistics say. No matter what the news media says. <laughs> With long life, will you satisfy me? which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life verse 28 and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow and neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you O you of little faith wow that wasn't very nice Boy, that was mean, Jesus. I was microaggressioned. That hurt my feelings. Oh, you of little faith. You know, that's not the only time you're going to hear that today. It's not Because the, you're going to hear it in another story we go to in just a minute. Jesus had no problem telling people, Here's your problem. Oh, you of little faith. If you had faith, if you walked in faith, if you believed that God is who he is, you'd be walking in a different way. And you have people like, "Well, wow, don't hurt my feelings. I mean, you mean it's my fault? Yeah. It pretty much is. Well, that's just mean, Pastor John. Why are you being so mean to us? No, I'm telling truth. Not to be mean, but so that you can understand that there is a different way to live. God has supplied everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything. There's nothing that he's withheld. Nothing. Zero. Every bit of provision, every bit of blessing, every bit of health, every bit of, uh, you know, uh, 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 I already said blessing and provision, but prosperity. He's blessed us. Why? Because we're going to get back to that. Because Why has he given us all this stuff? There's a reason he's given us all this stuff, and it's not so that we can get fat. You notice I pointed it at myself. It's not that we can have all this stuff and look at me, whoo. There's a reason that he's given everything he's given. Every, there is, there's a purpose behind this. There's a purpose, he said, don't be anxious, but in everything. Give, be thankful, pray. Seek Him. There's a reason for it. There's purpose. And today we need to hit that purpose. We need to align and, and focus on that purpose because otherwise we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And don't worry. I know I forgot. I just I kind of got off track here. I got a little excited, and I quit talking about O ye of little faith. We're coming back to that. Because you have a part to play. I have a part to play. It is there, we're, we're working this together. We're working this together with him. He did everything he's going to do, and he told us, you need to walk by faith. Jesus even said, it, he says, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? He wasn't sure. Because we have to, he says, my righteous one, I just keep throwing scriptures out, none of them are in my notes, but they just keep coming to me. He says, my righteous one will live by faith. So if we're not living by faith, what are we doing? Well, I think a lot of people in churches across the world are doing a ritual thing. Oh, now that's just really mean. No, it isn't. The truth is, you don't have to. It, today we change. If, if, if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, if we're not focused, if we're not heading in the direction, if we're not being a part of what He said to be a part of, it's easy. We change. Yeah. It is that easy. And He doesn't, he said, there, is no, there is now no condemnation. Yes. You know, He doesn't walk or he, he does not look at you for the rest of eternity as, oh, you were the one who wasn't doing it right, Brian. I'm picking on Brian because Brian does everything right, so it's just going to like water off of him here. Everything you do is, is right, and, and it is. <laughs> Jason and Renee aren't up here, so I can't pick on them this morning. I see they moved to the back today. But he doesn't, he doesn't you know, you're not going to get to heaven, and, and, and you've lived your life, and he's going to go, well, here's all the things you did wrong, Brian. He's not going to do that. That's not what this is about. If, it says if you, were, if you uh, uh, confess your sin, and sin means I didn't do it right. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive of that sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And it says he puts that, that sin as far as the east is from the west, whereas if you keep going in both directions and as long as forever, as far as you can go, that's how far your sin is. He doesn't remember that stuff. So this is not about shame, shame. No, it's just about hey, let's do it right, yes. starting right now. Yeah. When you say, "Well, I have been doing it right," awesome. Keep doing it right. Keep doing it right. This is not, you know, this is not, this is not a slap on the wrist sermon. This is a hey, guys, let's make sure we're focused. Verse thirty one. Therefore, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, "What shall we wear?" Or, oh, I'm sorry, "What shall we eat?" Or, "What shall we drink?" Or, "What shall we wear?" For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Then here's the big one. Circle this, underline it. Use a yellow marker and a blue marker and a green marker on this one, because this is what it's all about. Verse thirty-three but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you we don't have to chase after the stuff we don't have to chase we don't even have to chase after freedom when you are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness when you're searching after his will you know when it says seek after his kingdom when it talks about kingdom it there is talking about a king he's the king we sang that this morning he's the king he's the king kings get to tell you what to do and you do it that's that's the rule that's how it works he's the king well i want to vote on this no vote he's the king it's a monarchy it's not even a, a, a representative republic. It's a, it's a monarchy. He's king. The thing is, he's a good king. He's a good king. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, above, Father of lights. There is no shadow in him. There's no, you know, I mean, you can, you can read whatever book, other book you want, you can listen to whatever other TV show. God is not, you know, 90% good. And then there's 10% we can't trust him on. No, he's 100% good. Magnified. You can't even understand. We are, even with all of our collective wisdom, we cannot fully comprehend how good he is. Every day we find out how much more good he is. So we can trust him. And when he says to do something, we can obey him. And know it's going to turn out good. Seek first his kingdom. Every day, every day, I'm I'm going to tell you guys the secret of life. You young people, I'm sure somebody told me back then, but I wasn't listening. So look at me, nod, and say, I'm listening. listening. All right. I'm going to tell you the secret of you, especially. I want you to hear that. I want you to. The secret of life: seek God. Well, you say, well, I already found God. Exactly. But keep seeking him. Keep following after him. Seek first the kingdom and the king and his righteousness and all this stuff. Man, I guarantee you, we should do a case study. These, These 10, 12, 13 young people we have sitting here this morning. We should do a case study in 20 years. That you all you all choose to to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and watch where their lives are gonna be. Man, most of us out here said, I wished I had done it every day. Man, there were a number of years there where I didn't seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But look where I'm at today. Praise God for his mercy. (laughs) You know? He's merciful. You seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things, all the food, all the clothing, all the stuff, all the everything is added on to us. Therefore, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Every day is every day. Yeah, we live in a fallen world. It's just the way it is. I know it stinks. Wasn't your fault wasn't my fault, but here we are. And we're just, we're here. Okay, let's, now let's seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to us. And, but what are you going to do with all the stuff? Now that's the question, isn't it? I keep coming back to that. What are you going to do with this freedom? What are you going to do with the stuff? What are you going to do with all of this? Turn with me to Matthew. We read this this week. For those of you who are newer You'll notice that as we go through the uh, the reading the Bible through in two years, if you haven't started doing that, man, there's there's uh, 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 paper copies out on the desk out there. You can get we read through the Bible uh, fully in two years, all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation, but we do it in, in small bite sized pieces. And so uh, this last week we read in Matthew every so often. I'll actually use some of the verses that we read during the week. And uh, so I encourage you to be keeping up with that. This week, one of the things we read was Matthew 14, beginning with verse 23. says, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Okay, we've got to understand who the crowds were. The crowds were 5,000 men plus women plus children. They were all there to hear him preach. They were all there because they wanted to get healed. He was preaching, he was teaching, he was healing them. He was laying hands on the sick and they were recovering, casting out demons. He was doing the stuff. So he's doing all of this stuff and all of a sudden they realize it's getting late and they're a long ways from home. And they said, we need to send people away because they need to go find find themselves some food. And Jesus said, remember he's talking about his 12 disciples and him. He says, you guys give them something to eat. And they said, well, how can we do that? There's so many of them and all we've got is this little bit. And he goes, I just said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. Okay, this, you know, I, and I, I, hopefully I don't ever sound redundant, but I'll just keep saying it over and over again until we all believe it. The Bible is true. The stories are true. That's what I believe. That's what we believe as a church. The Bible is true. When it talks about he fed 5,000 people with three loaves and five fish, or whatever, whatever the numbers are, that's what happened. It wasn't a nice allegory. Well, actually, they had a, you know, you know Coburn's pulled up a, a truck, you know, and, uh, and they dumped off a whole bunch of, there was a whole bunch of extra food. And they just went, oh, it's a miracle. It just showed up. No. He started breaking bread. He started breaking fish. And it fed 5,000 people. And extra. and extra. There were leftovers. Praise God for leftovers. Okay. So he's, he's fed all these people, and now he's dismissing them. And he went up on a mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, because he had sent his disciples off. He told them to go ahead, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch... Of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Okay, very interesting. I've already talked about this once in a sermon quite a while ago, but we were there this last January. We were actually on the Sea of Galilee. We were there, and from where he fed the five thousand to where they were going was like about a forty-five minute walk by land. Why did he do it by sea? Why did he decide to follow the guys on the on the water? Why, why didn't why didn't he just go the other way? He was about the equal distance. Walk. Now you're you're waiting for a big theological answer. I don't know. I don't know why he did. I thought he just because he thought it'd be cool. I don't know. I mean that's just that works for me. I'm okay with that. But he walks. He walks. He follows them over there, walking on the sea. I think he just did it to freak them out. I think he just thought, hey, watch this. You know. I know you're still looking for a deep theological reason. I, I don't know. I've been thinking about this for years. I I don't know why he did this. And in the fourth watch of the night, verse twenty-five, in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Yes, and you would be too, and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water." Man, there we go. Seek first the kingdom. God, if you're doing something amazing, let me be a part of it. That's the first that should be our prayer every day. Lord, if you're doing something amazing today and since you are doing something amazing today because you are God and you you do amazing things, since you are doing that let me be a part of it today. Whatever it may be. You know, that was awesome. That testimony that you shared at the beginning. You know, you're, you're out getting your hair. I know. We, I, I go to a, somebody, a woman who does my hair and she talks the whole time. I don't want to talk. I want my hair cut. That's why I went there. She tries to ask me questions. I'm like, really? Not gonna share my life over a haircut I don't want I want her focused I want it done right and I want it done quickly sorry I I digressed but that's awesome what God you're doing something amazing there was a woman who needed God's touch that day and he brought somebody across her path to listen and to be Jesus to them to her that's amazing that's amazing that's as big a miracle. To me, that's as big a miracle as watching somebody raised from the dead. Is seeing a life changed by the love of God. That's what this is all about. And yes, he'll do the, the dead raising thing and he'll do the blind eyes thing. Absolutely all of that. But just being the person who can say, I've got an answer for you. His name is Jesus. Then they go, oh, forget that. That's crazy. I tried that years ago. Never, oh, uh. and you go, okay, well, and you pay your bill and go home. But you sowed a seed. You sowed a seed. I mean, I don't know how she reacted. I, I don't, it doesn't matter how she reacted. Because it doesn't matter how they react. It's, do you do your part? Do you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? And that's just being salt and light. So I'm starting to give you, part of the answer is, what do you do with this freedom? What do you do with the freedom that you have? You already have it. It's already yours. Peter said to him, if it is you, Lord, command me, verse 27, no, 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Now, we don't know how far he walked. I used to think it was like two steps and then he got scared and then he went down. But it says he went all the way to Jesus. It doesn't say how far it was. You know, it might have been 30 feet. That's pretty darn cool. That's pretty amazing. Then stuff started happening. But he still walked on the water. And then, after, we know the whole story, after Jesus pulled him up, they had to walk back to the boat. And he was hanging on to Jesus, which is okay. It's okay to to hang on to him and, and, and do that. Verse 30, but... When he saw the wind, he was afraid. He was afraid. Now you and I would—how many of you laid in bed last night and listened to the wind? It's like wow, that's windy. We were on the on the Dead Sea in January, and was it the Dead Sea or was it the Sea of Galilee? It was Galilee. When, when the storm hit. Yeah, we were in our rooms, and, and the storm hit in the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it was windy, and this, and all of a sudden, the, the thunder. Was that the Sea of Galilee? It, was like, it sounded like a bomb went off. When you're in Israel and you hear a boom, it's a little unnerving. And we talked to everybody at breakfast, and everybody thought, wow, what if we were out on the water when all of that was happening? Hey, I was scared in my, you know, in my hotel room you know, with the covers up, dry. I mean, it was, it was still dry afterward, but it was dry, and then it was boom! <laughs> Imagine walking out on the water when that's happening. So okay, we can pick on Peter all we want, but... We're not even on the water, and we start getting... (laughs) Jesus pulls him up. We know that. Jesus immediately reached out, verse 31, out his hand and took hold of him and saying, O you of little faith. Mm. There it is again. I mean, okay. The guy just got out of the boat, walked three to thirty feet or whatever it was, Then he started dealing with the circumstances around him. Jesus pulls him up and turns and goes, Little Faith. I know. Do you notice what he didn't do? You notice what Jesus didn't do? He didn't go, Little Faith, you know. No, he kept holding him and carried him, you know, got him back. He's, He's not vindictive, you know, he's not. You know, I would do that, but not him. He didn't do that. When he saw the wind and was afraid and, began to, he, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took a hold of him and saying, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Well, the reason he doubted was the circumstances around him. I mean, we're right now, as, as I'm preaching, I can feel faith building. I can feel it. You know, I I don't know. It's just one of the things. As as a pastor, I I can. You know, Jesus said Jesus could tell their intentions. He could hear their thoughts. It's amazing. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I can hear people's questions. I can hear. You know, and I'm not hearing them audibly. I'm just. I know the Holy Spirit says somebody's got this question or whatever. And and just even now as I'm preaching, I can feel faith building in the room. But in a little bit, we're going to walk out on the water again. And that's where it really matters. In here, we get built up. and we, Everybody's on the same side. We're all for, you know, We're all for the kingdom. We're all for the team. And then out there, we start running into the circumstances, the wind and the waves. But remember, you're not alone. He's right there with you. And you can do this. You can actually live this life with great faith. People have done it. Jesus did it. The reason he came was to show us that you can live by great faith. What is great faith? Okay, let's let's, let's, uh, define great faith. What is great faith? You just believe what he said. And then you act accordingly. That's a very simplified... I mean, I could give you the big theological buck and a quarter term, you know, description. But it's just you believe that what he said is True. And you act accordingly. So you believe that all of your needs are met according to his riches and glory. You believe that, that, that I'm seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things are added onto me. And that at some point in time, in the next 30 years, because it's, you know, it's happened at least a couple times in my life, where we've had toilet paper you know, shortages. You know, people get all freaked out and buy all the toilet paper in the stores. And then all of a sudden you need toilet paper. Well, you can start getting nervous. Or you can just agree with what the Word says, that all these things will be added on to me. My God shall supply all my needs. When the doctor says this is what the diagnosis is, you can either say, oh my gosh, we've got to fix the will. Or you can say, by his stripes I am healed. That's what the Word says. And I trust you. You know that you don't have to be the one that has faith, it carries that faith all the way to the end till you see the ultimate healing? You're not you don't have to do that. He doesn't even make you do that. All you have to do is believe him. Put your trust in him. I've told this to way too, I mean, I've, I've told this many, many times. When, when I saw my wife healed in a matter of minutes, she was dying, kidneys weren't working. The prayer was not a, oh, I've got this okay, I command, blah, blah, No, it was, God, I can't do this, but I believe you can. Amen. I trust you, and I love you. You're my God, always will be. No matter what the outcome, you're my God, and you always will be. And she was healed within minutes. Why? Because I don't have to carry it. I'm not, you know, you don't have, I got this. Oh. No, it's not me. It has nothing to do with me. I'm Peter. I'm looking at the circumstance going I'm looking at Tuesday going I'm really good when I'm reading an article that agrees with me. Then I read one that's against me and You all know what I'm talking about. Why do they put the same two articles in the same column? Because they want you to go and keep coming back. It's all marketing. They want you to look at the ads. I love what Tom said last week. I had seen the same thing. In China, they don't read the news, so they, don't, they already know it's propaganda. It's propaganda. Doesn't matter which side. They all, it's always, pro, you know. Here's how we want you to think. Sorry, I wasn't going there. Back up, back up, John. Back up. When they got in the boat, the winds ceased he could have made the wind cease before, couldn't he have? But he didn't. Why didn't he? Because he wanted Peter to know who he was. And he wanted Peter to know who Jesus was. He wanted to know who he was. There are times when we walk through things because you need to know who you are and you need to know who he is. This whole sermon, this everything that I've put together here so far, and we've got one more place to go, this all came about by something as I was meditating, just seeking God this week, meditating on his word. I kept hearing this over and over again. Congratulations, you passed this test. And he was talking about the last eight months. Congratulations, you passed this test. He's wanting me to tell the church that. Congratulations, you passed the test. This world right now is putting people to the test and thinking and exactly who you are is rising to the top. And what I see is a bunch of people who are living by faith, who are seeking after him as the answer, the truth. A bunch of young people, praise God for our young people, Amen. making choices, and I'm, it's not just them. they're all They're scattered all over the place here. They're making choices to seek, him, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You, you're passing the test. This world's full of trouble. This world's going to be full of opportunities for your faith to be tested. Why? Because he wants you to know who you are. And he wants you to know who he is. All you do is take a step towards him. All you do, all these people, all that they did was they just sought him. The crowds followed him because they wanted to receive what he had. And he kept trying to tell them, there's more. There's more. It's not just the healing. It's not just the the, the provision. It's not just the stuff. There's a kingdom. And what do we do about that kingdom? One last place, Matthew chapter 11. We'll answer the ultimate question I started out with. What are you going to do with this freedom? Matthew chapter 11. Just go back a few verses. Or, I'm sorry, chapters. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 2. Jesus is preaching the gospel. He had just sent out the 12. He had just sent out, in, in the verses uh, leading up to this, he had just sent out the 12, told them to go preach the gospel, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and, that, and they had taken off, and he kept doing it. He kept ministering. And as he's ministering, the disciples of John, John the Baptist, came and wanted to talk to him. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 2, it says, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and he said, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? I've heard many different people talk about this, about why John was having trouble. But John's in prison. There's some wind and there's some waves going on. It wasn't working the way he thought it was going to work. He thought he was going to be the forerunner, the Christ was going to come on. And when he saw the dove, he thought, this is the guy. And then he, he says that he decreased. He just thought he was going to back up you know, and just kind of blend into the background. And instead, he went right into prison. Uh-oh. You want to talk about wind and waves. Things are not going the way that I thought this was going to go. Oh, my goodness. And he started having opportunity to doubt. Now, we're not going to read the whole story. Well, I, I, I guess I am going to get to that verse. I won't tell you that part now. I'll just hang on. Let's keep going. <clears throat> and Jesus answered... Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 3. And said to him, "Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another?" And Jesus answered them, "Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended by me." So John's having doubts. John is having doubts. He's a little nervous. He's like, I don't know how this, and he says, Jesus, are you the one who's supposed to come or is there going to be another? Jesus didn't say, yes, I'm the one. He didn't say that. What he said is, what am I doing? What do you see? The deaf hear, the lame walk, the blind see. The good news is preached in all these areas. How do you know that you're doing with your freedom that what you're supposed to do? You're doing what the king in his kingdom did. Well, I, I can't lay hands on the sick. Yes, you can. Well, I never have. Exactly. Well, I've never seen blind eyes open. Well, have you ever tried? You Ever just taking a swing at it because it's not you, you're not going to heal them. It's him. But then you've got to trust him. <laughs> wind and waves, wind and waves, baby. First time I ever saw, uh, ever saw a, a demon cast out of somebody and thinking, "Oh, great, now we're getting into the weird stuff." Exactly. OK. <laughs> it really happens still today. The first time I, and it's, the first time I ever saw it happen. Ever that I saw a demon cast out of somebody, I was scared to death. I was shaking. The second time I saw it happen it was not as scary. And the third time, I was faith man in the room. <laughs> and the other guy was shaking. You all want to know the story now, don't you? <laughs> Really quick. I don't have much time. But So we were having a meeting one night over at Abundant Life. I was the, the assistant pastor, and there was, there was this guy acting really weird all night long. I, I was just like, wow, this is weird stuff, man. He's just, he was pacing, he was up, and he was walking around, he was kind of sweating. He's like, oh, I thought, man, is he whacked. He's whacked out. Well, the pastor gave an altar call. Everybody went for, A bunch of people went forward. This guy goes forward, and the whole time he's in line, and he's fidgeting, and, uh, and he's just acting really weird. And they and said, okay, we're going to pray, and then we're going to take you into the back room. That's when we used to take you into the back room <laughs> to give you materials. So he says, we're going to take you. So they, they go into the back room, and the head usher takes them into the back room. And, and they go to give them materials, you know, some, here's some follow-up stuff. Here's something to read. Here's a Bible if you don't have one. And all of a sudden, the head usher comes out. I'm sitting in the back row. He comes out, and he goes, you've got to come with me right now. I was like, why? He goes, there's a guy back there. He's acting weird. I'd been watching him all night. I could tell there was something going on. And I walked back there, and this guy is sitting in the corner with his coat around him, rocking back and forth, shaking and muttering. Well, I knew exactly what was going on. And I walked over to him, and I said, do you want to be free? I just knew by the Holy Spirit. I needed a, he, needed to deci- he, he needed to decide. Because, you know, it's, it's his will. It's, he's an individual. He has a will. I said, do you want to be free? And he shook a bunch, and he goes, yes. And I said, come out in the name of Jesus. This guy jumps up, throws himself across the, the, this table, and starts going across the table like a snake. Now you're thinking, that's weird. I know. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. And instead of getting scared, I just looked at him and I said, I'm not impressed. Come out right now. Because I don't have to beat him. I don't, have to yell. I don't have to scream and yell. I just said, come out. I said, I'm not impressed. Come out in Jesus' name. He hissed a couple of times and he went limp, completely limp, just laid there. On the, on the conference table. Now you're thinking, this is weird. What kind of church did I just walk into? One that believes the Word of God. He lays there for a few minutes. I turn to look for the head usher. He is in the corner, plastered against the corner. All of a sudden, the guy kind of starts to move, and we, I helped him off the table, and he goes, What just happened? And I said, You just got set free. <laughs> now I said, Here's the deal you need to get saved right now. Because the Bible says if you cast out a demon and the house is still empty, he'll, he'll bring back seven worse. The guy goes, I'm all, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> Led him in the prayer, got him. He got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, The head usher saw him a few weeks later. He says the guy was completely changed. Thanked him and thanked him and thanked him and thanked him. Well, praise God, amen. There's power in the name. What are we supposed to do with our freedom? Seek him. Obey him. Walk in the kingdom do the kingdom stuff. We're going to talk about kingdom stuff in the weeks and months, probably even the years to come. Kingdom stuff. What is the kingdom stuff? Doing what Jesus did. He says, he says, you're going to do greater things than I did. Why? Because there's more of us. Every day, all day, 24 hours a day, he can manifest himself on the earth, in all the corners of the earth, but he needs us to walk it out. And he needs us in our freedom to walk it out and to fulfill it.